Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. The glory of rescuing all these young men from a fate that was probably just, it was going to happen. Lord God, we just thank you that it's not going to happen to them. They are going to emerge alive from that cave just as you did after three days, Lord God. And you will get the glory and the honor around the world. And we thank you so much in your son's name. Amen. So we prayed for that and we expect to hear good things about it. I expect all 12 of those young men will come out alive, including their soccer coach. And we do mourn for the one Thai Navy SEAL who died in the rescue attempt. He laid down his life. Again, we have that, you know. We have some, it, is, it is very rarely that a good man will lay his life down and die for other people. And he gave his life for 12 young men that he did not know. That's very interesting. The other thing is that we do in my class, which I think is very, very important, is we declare. Declarations are us speaking out God's purposes and plans on this earth. And I don't know if you've all heard it last week. This, well, last week, of course, we had our Independence Day. And we celebrated the fact that this country was able to break off and become free. Well, we have the opportunity and the freedom to worship here today without fear of someone coming in, arresting us, taking us off to prison, and throwing us away for years to come just because we named Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that we will not bend the knee to something else. We have that freedom to do that and to declare. So we have that freedom, but our freedom allows us to pick our people who are going to be in charge of us. Our democratic republic has us selecting a president every four years. We have a president up there now that has a very big decision to make. That decision is going to affect our Supreme Court. That decision, based on past history, is probably going to affect our court for 20 to 30 years. This is a time when God has placed possibly such a man as he is, whatever, there for to select this person that's going to have an impact on our courts for a long time. And so one thing we declared today, and these are from Bethel, and I really recommend that you get on, you go to Bethel's site, all you have to do is Google it, say Bethel Church Declarations, and you will find them. And one of them, in one of the lines, one of the lines and one that we said today is, and we declare this now, and I want you to be in agreement with me as I speak this out, because this is very, very important. We declare that laws and courts will measure with the justice and the freedom of our land's constitution. Amen. We declare that our land's constitution will be the preeminent law of this land yeah. and that the justices will follow that. Yeah. I think that's very, very important because a lot of other things I can say and do today unless we have the freedom to live it out, it's a moot issue. It's a moot point. The fact that we're able to worship and move as God wants us to, is a moot point if, something, if we have all those freedoms and rights taken away. So, enough of that. Let's get on to what I want to talk about today because I have just enough time to get that done. All right. I want to, as introduction to all of this, we've been talking a lot about the, the Holy Spirit here. 
And I really believe that began. Remember a bunch of weeks ago we had a man come here and he said, you are at the right place at the right time. And you are at that right place in that right time because of what? You have Jesus Christ living in you. And because you have Jesus in you, you have the Spirit of God. And therefore, you are in His will. And you're living out your life. You are at the right place at the right time. And based on that, Dan got up and spoke about it too. The fact that you are a new creature in Jesus Christ. What are you supposed to do? We're supposed to go. Right? We're supposed to go. And as we are going, we are to make disciples. And then Pastor Sam last week started talking about that going and making disciples, that being at the right place in the right time, is based on the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit residing within us that gives us the ability to do all of that, right? That Holy Spirit gives us the power. Whether good times, bad times, whatever, that Spirit gives us the power to move forward and live for Him in the purposes for which we have been uniquely qualified to live in. So all of that comes down to today where I'm going to go ahead and... There, that's good. That's up there. That's perfect. I want to speak to you now today about spiritual gifts. And I don't want you to be unaware of them. Now it's interesting. Paul writes this to the first church of Corinth. Now when when, when was this written? This was... In the first century of Christianity. What was happening during that time? Did you, have you ever read Acts? And saw what was going on in Acts? All those different things? Miracles and tongues and all that stuff? And Paul felt it necessary to write to the first church of Corinth who knew these things, I don't want you to be unaware of spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be unaware of spiritual gifts. This congregation, so far removed from that time, spiritual gifts are a very important part of living out your life in Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit that dwells within you. Let's go to the next one. Because I want you all to know that you have a gift. Whether you realize it or not, you have a gift that has been given to you from God. God has placed it into your life. It is yours, and it is your unique gift, and it is, it is for you to share with other people. And people say, well, maybe I don't have a gift, whatever, you know, but the point is, you have one. Whether you realize it or not. Go ahead and hit the next, and hit one more. And that's what it says in 1, Peter, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter 4. And I want to point out the important thing there, and I've italicized that on my own, each one. Now remember what Pastor Sam last week said, right? Words mean things, right? Words mean things. And when you're reading Scripture, when someone says all, what does that mean? All. All. It is only interpreted one way, and it means all. In this case, we're talking about each one. Every single one of you. It cannot be interpreted any other way. Each one of you has this gift. Now, there are two prerequisites for you having the gift. And that's the first thing I want to say. If you know Jesus, is He your Lord and your Savior? If you do not know Him, you can't go on to the next step. You have to know Him first. And I was here that weekend when we had the guy preaching. He he asked everybody, he says, 
How many of you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Everybody raise your hand. Why don't you everybody do that right now? Everybody that knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. And you know that you know. Okay, you can put that down. Now, the fact is that you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What else do you have? You have the Holy Spirit. Know you not that the Spirit of God, you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's the second prerequisite. How many have the Holy Spirit residing in them knowing that they are the temple of God? The Holy Spirit resides directly within you. Okay, you've got those two prerequisites. Therefore, you have a gift. There's no two ways about it. Each one of you sitting in your seat. Don't look at anybody else. You're not the Holy Spirit for other people. You look at yourself. You have your own gift. All right, let's look at some of those. Go ahead and hit the next thing. There are many, many gifts. And Romans 12 talks about this, starting in Romans 12, 6. It has several gifts there. I'm not, and since we have gifts that differ... We all have different gifts. And right here in Romans 12, it talks about seven different gifts. I'm going to get my right numbers. Here we go. Count them right. We've got four of them that are serving gifts and three that are speaking that are listed here. And you can see what they're listed up there. Those are some of the gifts that are listed in Romans chapter 12. See, they're not all speaking gifts. We're used to people like Dan. He's an evangelist. What do evangelists do? They stand up, they speak the Word of God, and they allow people to come to their full realization that they need Jesus Christ in their life. Right? That's a good speaking gift. That's a great one to have. Jan, of oh, Jennifer, is a pro prophet. Prophets speak. They foretell what God is speaking and lets us know what's happening. That's important. Those gifts are very important. And we see those gifts, and we think they have a little bit more importance. But look, there are other gifts up there as well that are service. Those are behind the scenes. Those are things you may not see. Those are things where people are getting things done that have to be done so we can actually have this service today. Yes. Do you know what service means? It's diakonos. What word do we get as far as one of our offices in this church from that word? Deacon. They're there to serve. That is a spiritual gift. It's not the speaking only. It's not the ones that you see. It's every bit of it is required for us to go. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. There's some more listed here. And that is in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and 1 Corinthians 13. Ephesians 4, we hear all of those. We, we know those. Everybody, most of you could probably quote it. And they've got five offices that are listed there. And I, a lot of people say, well, these are just offices. They don't really... Well, let, let me give to you the fact is, okay, that may be five offices, but I tell you what, if you're an apostle and you don't have the gift of an apostle or you name the name of apostle and you have not that gift, how effective are you going to be? Not. Because you are not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. You are not operating in the unique gifting that God has given to you in which to bless this body. So they may be offices, but they also are gifts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. They have other ones listed. In fact, three of those, the first ones, are already listed previous in Ephesians 4. It says those are special gifts. Apostles, prophets, teachers. And then we also have a few other things. Miracles, healings, tongues. Look at all those stuff. Administrations, which is organization ability. 
Those things all are required for us to have. The last one, 1 Corinthians 13, one that people don't necessarily talk about. Verses 1 and 2 go back and talk about tongues. Yea, though I speak with, with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am nothing but a bunch of crashing cymbals. I'm just making noise. When you get to verse 3, if I give my body to be burned, who wants to do that? And really, who would do that, suffer to the point of actual death for their faith in Jesus Christ? I believe that is a special gift from God. That is a gift being able to withstand until the end unto death. That is one of those gifts that used one time. That's interesting. But, but that is a gift nonetheless. Okay. Now, those are a lot of the gifts that people talk about and they're listed in the New Testament. Every example I've given you in the New Testament so far. Well, let's look and see what the Old Testament says about it. Go ahead and hit the next one. Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur. Ben-Hur, have you ever heard that movie? Yeah. Yep. Son, he's also of the tribe of Judah. It's interesting. This man is not mentioned just only in Exodus because he is the one when Moses came back down from Mount Sinai. Moses came down with the plans for the tabernacle. The Meshkin. The place where God's Shekinah glory was going to reside with men on earth. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that cool? God selected out of all those people, out of all of them, selected this man who is I have filled with the Spirit of God. I did not capitalize it. That is in my Bible. That means the God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, resided in him in the Old Testament to properly give him the power and the abilities to build the tabernacle in the pattern that God said it would be built in. He was specifically, uniquely gifted to carry out God's plans on this earth. That's the Old Testament people. The Spirit of God resided in him. He also had another man that helped him. Oholiab was his, what his name. He helped him. Both of them, it says, were skilled in all kinds of craftsmanship. You also look at that. Other spiritual gifts we talk about in the New Testament are listed up there too, right? Wisdom. Understanding. Knowledge. All of those things. But also the skills of their hands. Again, it's not one of, those, one of those things we see people speaking. Those are things behind the scenes that get things done that have to be done because if the tabernacle was not built in accordance with God's plan, he was not going to come down and reside there. He was not going to speak to Moses from above the Ark of the Testimony between the cherubim face to face. It had to be done correctly. And so God directly gifted him to do this. Isn't that cool? That's Old Testament. Let's go to another. There's another example. Go ahead and hit the next one. First Chronicles 25. David wanted to bring forth music and worship to God. He really did. Solomon carried that over. And he wanted, when he was building the tabernacle, which he, David wanted to build the, the new temple. David wanted to build it. God would not allow him. 
But his son was allowed to do that. One aspect of what he wanted in that temple was the music of the Levites. Now the thing is, you can't just have anybody doing that. Remember, we talked about the tabernacle and how God had specific plans and how it was to be built and who was allowed to minister in that tent of meeting. Who was allowed to go into the holy place and into the holy of holies? Not everybody was allowed to do that, were they? Because we do have examples there. I mean, right after Aaron and his sons had been consecrated for seven days and taught how to properly minister to God in that tent of meeting, in that holy place, two of his oldest sons offered strange fire and were immediately consumed and were killed. Aaron and Moses were not allowed to rend their garments in mourning for them. They took the two bodies and threw them out of the camp. There are proper things that have to be done. God was not going to allow just anybody to sing in this temple. Isn't that interesting? God, out of all those Levites and everything else, they had people who were trained in singing to their Lord with their relatives, all who were skillful. Got those, and when you look at some other verses, they were uniquely gifted to perform this function in the temple in praise to God. And it's very interesting. They had all the sacrifices. They had the ark and everything else in there. When did the glory of God descend on that temple so that the priests could not stand to minister? When they prayed and when they praised and when they lifted up their voices. Isn't that interesting? The people are up here Praising and leading us in worship have the gift to lead us into that worship. They really need to have that gift. It is very important. God thought it was so important that he limited the number of people that could actually be singers and players in that temple to 288 out of the thousands that possibly could have been there. He thinks it's that important that you are uniquely gifted to do the thing that you're supposed to do. Let's look at also back in the Old Testament, Joseph. And I think it's great the fact that we had dreams. Dreams are a gift from God. We know that from Joseph, right? Joseph, where did Joseph get his dreams from? He got them from God. How did Joseph interpret those dreams? Only through the power of the living God coming down and speaking to him, he was able to tell exactly, Pharaoh, this is your dream and this is what it means. That's Old Testament. Spirit of God dwelling in him, living out the purpose. Remember, what did he tell his brothers when they, came, when they finally came? He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That spirit dwelled in him and he was able to administer well so well, in fact, the entire nation of, it, of Egypt was enslaved after the end of all that, all of all those, um, that, ah, trying to think of the words, not the plagues. Come on, tell me what is it? The famine. You got it. All right. So the Joseph dream dreams. Okay, the other thing is, look, we got Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, Gideon, look at all, and Samson, all these other people. You know, when Pentecost came, and Peter and all the people were up there in that, in that room. They were in the locked room. And the f- tongues, 
The flames came down on their heads and they started speaking with other tongues. Why do you think Peter knew to go out and speak about the prophet Joel and say that people were going to speak with new tongues and young men are going to have visions and old men are going to have dreams because they know that God's Spirit works and these miracles and these things happened in the Old Testament. They had a history of God working through people with His Spirit. Think of those things. What did Moses do? Through Moses and Aaron, we had ten massive plagues attacking directly the gods of Egypt. He brought a whole nation complete out of slavery and they walked following behind a cloud by, no, a cloud by day and a fire by night. That's day and night, people. They did not stop walking for three days. You think that's a miracle? He's part of the Red Sea. They sweetened the waters at Meribah. He hit the rock at Horeb. The river flowed forth. God provided all of those things. Those are miracles, people. Look at Elijah and Elisha. What did they do? Raise people from the dead. Right? Look at that. Look at Daniel. Another person who could interpret dreams. And yet Daniel had the faith in God above that he knew God was going to live with him. He was lowered into a den of hungry lions. And he survived. Because God was with him. Why? Because the Spirit of God was on him. And the other three young men, I know we talk about them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. i got to remember their Hebrew names. It's not their Babylonian names. Those three men unto death were willing to not bend the knee to the idol. They were thrown in the fiery furnace. The furnace was so hot. I know you potters there. If a furnace is hot enough that it kills the people that throw you into it, that's pretty hot. And yet they survived. And not only that, how many people did they see walking around in the furnace? The Spirit of God. Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't matter. You have a purpose. You have a gift. And those gifts are many and varied. Go ahead and hit the next one. This is a listing of 30 of them. Based on what we could find for going through Scripture, there's a lot of different lists you can find out there. Not everything is necessarily listed up here. Not everything. We're going to be able to be inclusive. Why is that? It's because, look at the number of people we have in here right now. Do we have more than 30 people here? And since I know you all have passed at least first grade math, all of you should say, yes, we have more than 30 people here. Which means we probably have so, we have as many people as we've got in here, we've got unique giftings for each and every one of you. You're all different. Do every one of us, you know, like, look what it said before. Aren't some apostles, each of us have a differing gift? Why is that? Because we're unique individuals. We're not all the same. We all have different personalities. If we were all the same, we'd all have just one unique and one gift and everybody have the same thing. How boring would that be? How boring and how utterly sad that God would not have the glory of these manifest gifts being worked throughout this church. Now it's really cool. Today, we used those gifts, didn't we? We got to share a dream. We got to share a testimony. We got to share a testimony of the fact that there was evangelism going on.
People were saved. We got to hear the testimony of someone being healed. Isn't that cool? And the fact is, when we look about it, look at this, you know, you're not limited to the one gift that you have. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, you all have at least a unique gift that you need to work out. You need to learn what that is, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but you're not limited to that one gift. Go ahead and hit the next, down, next thing. And one more, there you go. This gives a prime example. You are going to have the gift you need when you need it. Because, okay, I'm, I already talked to Dan and Jennifer and said I'm going to use them examples. Dan, could you stand up, please? Hey, that's good. Would you say that he has the gift of evangelism? Yes. Yes, yes he does. Yes. We, why, why do we know that? Because we see the fruit. Yes. We know that he is an evangelist. We know that he can do that. Amen. Have a seat. What about Jennifer? Stand up. Does she have the spirit of prophecy? Amen. We know she has that gift. Why? Because she can speak forth the truth of God and we can understand it. We know it and it is true. Amen. Now, if they only operated in evangelism and prophecy, where would her healing be? Right. Go ahead and have a seat. Good. Think about it. We know they are an evangelist. We know they are a prophet. And yet when the time came, when God saw it necessary that Brittany was going to be healed, God allowed that spirit of healing to come through them and manifested in her so that her, the, so that her ankle was healed. Amen. Right? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You're not stuck with the one gift. My wife was flying all the way Although I don't remember where she was going at one time. She is a counselor. Those of you who have had the privilege to minister with her to people up here, one-on-one, -on -one, she's a pastor and a counselor, and she can get right to the heart of what needs to be talked about. She's very good at that. Believe me, if you want someone to counsel you, talk to her. But she was sitting on a plane. Was it a New Age lady that you were sitting next to? She was headed out to some New Age conference out west. And she was having problems. Elise, if she had just been operating in her gift of counseling and pastoring and stuff like that, well, she would have counseled the lady and it would probably have been all real good. But what was the lady's need? She needed healing. She had pain. Elise operated and it was given to her to be able to pray for her and give her healing. Isn't that cool? You're not stuck with one gift. You're not stuck with one. Let's go ahead. All right. Why do we have them? I have to hurry and finish all this up. Why do we have these gifts? Exactly. You can read it right up there. I mean, look at it. It says, for the common good. I put that in italics. Serving one another. Building up of the body. That is why I'm so, so impressed today with the fact that we operated in the gifts here today. Where are the gifts supposed to be operating? Here. In this congregation. That's what it says in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Not, you know, you're not supposed to avoid assembling together, right? Why? Because we're supposed to exhort each other, encourage each other. We're supposed to come together in the operation of our gifts to pray for the needs in this body. 
As people have problems that need healing, we need to come alongside. We need to pray for healing. If people have problems as far as spiritual problems, we need to come alongside and give them counseling and pray for them and break off those things that are not good. If people who have problems, and, and it might be, I don't know what the deacons do about this, if they have some sort of benevolence fund, people have a problem and they need a little bit of funds and need something to get tied it over, then they come alongside and help them, take care of them. We have where the men have gone out of this church and gone alongside people to help build things, to take care of things. Those are God's gifts, His Spirit being used through the people in this body. Amen. For the common good. That is why you are here. That is why you have not been raptured. That is why you still are remain, you still remain here on this earth. You have a unique purpose of which only you can do. And God in His wisdom has given you the, the spirit and the power and that gifting to live out your unique gift. And you need to live it out because we as a body, need your gifting. We need you to come alongside us when it's our turn to be prayed for. We need you to come alongside us when we, need, we have hurts and pains and things happening in this life. We need you to be here and exercising your gifts for us. That is why we have them. Let's go ahead and go on to the next one. We'll get, keep going. When we do that, when we are faithful and we obey God and exercise our gifts for one another, we can all start attaining to the unity of Jesus Christ. We can all start making our congregation look like Christ. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? In fact, people are supposed to know us by our love and that is through the expression of Jesus in our lives and the expression to other people. Being able to live out that spirit in our life, living out those giftings through the power of the spirit residing in you. That is so cool. That is so cool. And that's why I put up there, when you are doing that, when you're actually living out your life, when you are putting forth those spiritual gifts and living out your unique purpose, what are you doing? You are going and you are making disciples. You're reviving this earth. Revival in this church. Revival in your own life. Revival in your family. Revival in Asheville, Buncombe County, and Western North Carolina. That's a lot of power, people. Let's go to the next slide. So what is your gift? Let's go ahead and hit the next thing. First off, do you know what your gift is? A lot of you probably do. A, prob a lot of you probably know what your gift is. But there may be people in here who do not know what their gift is. Jer come on up and pray. I'll play. Thank you. May not know what their gift is. Have you ever thought about it? If you don't know what it is, have you ever thought about it? Or do you know specifically what your gifting might be and how God is wanting to use you in your life? I think Brittany said that she wants to be next Billy Graham. That means she probably wants to be an evangelist. Right? 
That's pretty cool. That's, a, that's an honorable thing. Go ahead and hit the next thing. And if you already know, what are you doing about it? That gift, remember what we said? You've all got the gift. What's it supposed to be do? It's supposed to do. You're supposed to use it for the body of Jesus Christ. And if you are hoarding that gift, you are holding back something we need from you. So I'd like to have prayer team come forward, please. A prophecy team, prayer team, whatever. Because there's two things I want people to pray for. If you come on up forward. Do you mind if I... Okay, no problem. I'd like to have you bring it forward. If you don't know what your gifting is, these people like Jennifer can pray for you and they can prophesy over you and maybe they can tell, help tell you, define what your gifting is. If you already know what your gifting is, are you actually using it? Come on forward, prayer team, whoever else. Yeah. Please, come on up. Because I want you, I'm giving you the opportunity here. If you don't know, if you don't know what your gifting is, or if you're unsure, if you want some confirmation, you want somebody to pray for it, this is using our giftings here to help you find yours. Because it's very important that we all have our unique gifts and we operate in them. I think it's important for us to know what they are. I think it's important for us to also begin to use them. To live out the power in Jesus Christ. Yes. All right, everybody stand. All right, I'll let you finish this off then. Okay. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God. We have these people up here, Lord God, that are ready and willing to help anybody that has a need. Lord God, it could be anything. Lord, if you really don't know Jesus Christ, that's the first and foremost thing. Come up and get prayer. Come to know Him. Come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Know that you really know that He is your Lord and Savior. And He can, he can dwell within you with His Spirit and you can fulfill that unique gifting that is yours. Thank you, Lord God, for people who are, who are seeking and wanting to know more about what you're doing in their life. Wanting to know what they can do, what, what you've given them. Lord God, that is a cool thing. That is freedom and liberty. Lord God, it's liberty in Jesus Christ, living out the life that you want them to have. And Lord God, we have others too. They know what their gifting is, but when was the last time they used it? I don't know. Give them the boldness to speak out, to do, to find the place where they can fit in to exercise the gifts that have been given to them for the good of all of us here in this church. We thank you, Jesus, for the manifestations of your gifts in this church. Lord God, help us to break off the chains, to break off any of the, of the shame that we might feel for exercising our gifts, Lord God. Help us to live and walk in them through the power of your Spirit. Let us have an encounter with you. Help us to live through you and through your spirit so that we can glorify your name and be a praise to you in heaven. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. 
Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.